So this morning our epistle comes to us from the fifth chapter of the book of Hebrews. We've been in Hebrews for a few weeks now. And we see in this uh, book a discussion by the author of Hebrews about the supremacy of Christ. We talked uh, in chapter 4 of Hebrews last week where we talked about Jesus, the person of Christ, being superior to any other person. This morning we're talking about the priesthood of Christ being superior to any other priesthood. Hear now what the author of Hebrews has to say. I'm in Hebrews 5 verses 1 through 10 if you're following along in your Bible. Every high priest chosen from among mortals is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward since he himself is subject to weakness. And because of this, he must offer sacrifice for his own sins as well as for those of the people. And one does not presume to take this honor, but takes it only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself in becoming a high priest, but was appointed by the one who said to him, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And having been made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, having been designated by God a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. See, the author of Hebrews gives us a picture of the functions of a priest which are different from that of a prophet. A prophet speaks on behalf of God to humankind, but a priest functions to bring humankind to God. And in order to do this, a priest must be close to and identify with the people that he or she represent. And so in this passage from Hebrews, we get a sense of the closeness of our high priest, Jesus. Jesus, who became one of us, who became human so that he could better fulfill this high priestly role by being like us in every way except that he was sinless. See, Jesus as high priest suffered with humankind so that he would be qualified to suffer for humankind on the cross. 
And not only that, but a high priest doesn't become a high priest on his own. He doesn't just decide one day, I think I'll make myself high priest. No, a high priest is appointed by God. As we know, Jesus was appointed by God the Father and sent by him to become our high priest. And the writer of Hebrews is careful to explain that Jesus is not just a high priest in a long lineage of high priests, but rather he is a high priest in this order called the order of Melchizedek. So what on earth, pastor, is the order of Melchizedek? Well, when we look back to Genesis in the 14th chapter, Melchizedek is mentioned for the very first time. It's one of only a handful of places where that name comes up in Scripture. But in Genesis 14, he's described as the king of Salem, not Jerusalem, but Salem, and the priest of God. Abram, before he became Abraham, offers this priest Melchizedek a tithe, and in return is blessed. And Melchizedek is a, a name that's made up from the Hebrew words that mean king and righteous. Making Melchizedek a righteous kingly priest. And so later on in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is in a discussion with the Pharisees. And in that discussion, he cites Psalm 110, where it says, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And Jesus tells the Pharisees that David's Lord in that verse is the Messiah, the coming Messiah. Jesus tells the Pharisees that Melchizedek was sworn by the Lord and will not change his mind that he is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. What does that mean? What Jesus is saying is that the Messiah, Jesus, David's Lord, was given Melchizedek's priesthood forever. What does a priest do? He offers up sacrifices on behalf of the people. Back in Abram's day, and later when he became Abraham, it was the custom of the Jewish people to offer animal sacrifices in the temple to atone for their trespasses and sins. And they would have to do it every so often, routinely, because it wasn't a once-and-done deal. What Jesus is saying here is that the Messiah himself is the one sacrifice for all. In a nutshell, Jesus' priesthood is an eternal office. 
It's one he holds forever. It can't be passed on to someone else. It can't be changed in any way. And in that sense, it is superior to the priesthood of the lineage of Aaron or the priesthood of the lineage of Levi. Only Christ can fulfill this once and done office of Melchizedek. And for these reasons, he is our great high priest. Even now, he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. What's he doing there? Well, among other things, he's speaking words of affirmation about you and me into the Father's ear, telling him that we are chosen, that we belong to him, that God, reminding God, you gave them to me, that we're reconciled and redeemed and therefore, we are now welcome into the kingdom of God. See, having a high priest like Jesus is a pretty good deal for us. Every high priest selected to represent men and women before God in the past that would offer sacrifices for their sins. And they were selected as the high priest because they were chosen from their congregation by the people because of their experience, because of their righteous character. Nobody elected themselves to be high priest in the early church. They were called by God just as Aaron was, just as Levi was. And in like manner, Christ himself did not presume to set himself up as high priest. He was set apart by God the Father who told him, you're my son, today I celebrate you. You're a priest forever in the royal order of Melchizedek. And so while Jesus lived on earth anticipating this ultimate sacrifice, there was a time when Jesus cried out in pain and wept in sorrow as he offered up priestly prayers to God. And because he was obedient and went to the cross Anyway, I mean, who wants to go to the cross? But he went anyway. He honored God and God responded by making him the source of salvation for you and for me from that moment on. This is our high priest. He's, he's not someone who is far removed from the suffering that you and I endure in this life. No, he's someone who in every way was tempted as you and I and yet remained sinless. See, this is why it's important. What's the big deal, you might be thinking, about Jesus being our high priest? Why does it matter that he is considered the high priest in the order of this Man, King, Priest, Melchizedek. Well, it matters because as, as humans, we require an intercessor who's able to represent us to God as a perfect example of who God created us, you and me, to be. Because we are humans living in a fallen and broken world. You just have to go outside and you know that's true. 
living in a fallen and broken world, a world that's filled with sin and with the consequences of sin. And we are unable on our own merit to have a relationship with the God who created us. We're so immersed in the world that we need to live our eternal life with him through the intercessor of our high priest, Jesus. We can't achieve it on our own, but God gave us a high priest who lived and suffered as you and I, and he did it without falling into the sin that seems to so easily entrap us out there in the world. And because Jesus did that, he became the way for us to achieve this life-giving relationship with God that we need. His sacrifice paid our debt. When's the last time somebody paid a debt for you? When's the last time somebody said, your money's no good here, I will pay. When's the last time somebody offered to die for you? His sacrifice paid our debt. His resurrection gave us our resurrection. That's such a remarkable thing. Almost can't get your mind around it, can you? Someone was willing to pay your sin debt past, present, future. All sin forever, once and done. Now that's not a get out of jail free card. That's not your license to sin. Because what is our response to the sacrifice of our great high priest Jesus? Our response is is to love him and honor him and do our level best in this life to imitate him. It should go against your very grain to do anything outside the will of God in your knowledge. Yes, we've been practicing our sin a lot longer than we've been practicing our faith. So sometimes we backslide and fall short. And it's for those times God offers us forgiveness. Through Jesus' sacrifice. The sin debt has already been paid. But for those times where you resist the temptation. For those times when you say, no, I'm not going down that sin path again. Because I want to honor what Jesus has done for me on the cross. I want to honor God by staying within his will. For those times you make that decision, there is rejoicing in the heavens. You may think it's a small thing. But in the kingdom of God, it is a victory victory that has already been bought and paid for. Glory be to God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.